2: The following encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is a favorite from our archives. Hope you enjoy this second helping. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops it's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, do we have a show lined up for you? Because we have Clancy Miller. And wow, is she good. She's done a book called Cooking Solo. And it's for people who end up being singletons, whether by choice <laughs> or not. You know, if you've got a busy family and you somehow are eating by yourself, or you are single, great. You can blow up any of these recipes, you know, double, triple, quadrant, if you're having people over. But she is great in terms of her taste in ingredients and has worked at some of the best places in Paris and has been trained at Le Cordon Bleu, worked at the legendary restaurant, Taivant. Oh my God, she is really something. We're gonna be talking with her later on. Her polenta, it was so incredible with Parmigiano-Reggiano. And it's the easiest thing to make, as easy as making rice, Mm -hmm. seriously. Okay, here we go. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors, Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also senior producer. Chris Prosperi a Metro Beast Restaurant. Alex Province, Wine Broker in Hartford. Hey, everybody. Hey. 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 All right, let's do Hello. this. We are still getting the harvest from the markets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am still eating the last of yep. the corn. You know salads. You know, you just have had every salad through the summer, right? Yeah. So I want to toss up. Out a salad that I think is a great idea. This is inspired by something I saw in uh, Bon Appetit magazine. I just think you don't even need the recipe for this because here's what I want you to think of. You're just simply going to either steam, microwave, boil, whatever you do with corn, chop it off the cob, just take a knife, boom, 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 down all the sides into a bowl, and then toss in some toasted hazelnut nuts, mm. a little pecorino cheese, and mint. That's the four That's things right. you need. I don't no. care how much of anything you, you do. Need. I could give you a specific recipe. It's Ridiculous. Very Moroccan. The so. corn, toasted hazelnuts, pecorino the cheese. You can get it absolutely anywhere. Italian. You grate it in and chopped up mint. Just toss, toss, toss. And you can do a vinaigrette and maybe a little squeeze of fresh orange juice Ooh, in there. Mm. Juice. That's what I'm taking oh, awesome. from the Bon Appetit recipe the fresh orange mm. juice. It has that crispiness. It has the cheesiness. It has the mint playing off everything. Is Aww. this a
1: side dish? But yeah. This would Spoon, be. Please. I could eat this for dinner. I really could. <laughs> yeah.
2: I Agreed. mean, it's a beautiful salad to bring yeah. out for people. But I certainly could have it for a whole. Do you dinner. chill it
1: a little bit in the refrigerator and make it refreshing?
2: You could. Yeah. I, you know, like at room temperature, but it doesn't matter. I Whatever love you chopped like.
3: salads, especially when you're right in the season, right? And you have stuff still coming. It's too hot to eat. Yeah, just chop up everything, throw it in a bowl. Even if you toss it with like a store bought dressing, it doesn't matter. It's just so tasty.
2: Yeah, it is. And we Tomatoes,
3: talk, cucumbers, zucchini, whatever it is, kohlrabi, whatever, doesn't matter. Just chop it up, put it in a bowl, dress it. Glug yeah, of olive oil, salt, pepper. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Remember, and you can either do fresh lemon juice on it, or you can do some kind of vinegar okay. that you like. Remember last time, so if you want to go to our site, you can see last time we tell you how to use fresh market vegetables to preserve them and use them all winter long. So that's foodschmooze.org. So want to do some food tips because i always think this is fun we cruise around and we we look at all kinds of things to come up with ideas i also in that process stumbled on a recipe for i love grits i'm just crazy about grits for breakfast Uh, for anything any reason anytime lemon garlic shrimp and grits now that's a real it's a kind of play on a southern thing I've had grits in Charleston in every way imaginable, but this I think this is a wonderful thing. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Okay, tips in the kitchen. If you have, I've been using a spiralizer quite a lot to oh, take yeah. fresh vegetables and do pretend noodles, Ooh, so that I'm yeah. not having too much mm. pasta because I could eat it every single day. Uh, Chris, you got any kind of kitchen tip?
3: You know what you're saying with your spiralizer? You know what mine is? I have this little Japanese mandolin. And you can get it in like some stores or online. It's like $12 mm. and it's very inexpensive. Is it tan? Yeah, like it's Like an tan. off-white? Yeah, it's an yeah. off-white tan. It's the same one. See, that's so and much it better is than a, the
2: expensive yeah. one. And,
3: and it's almost disposable at $12, $13, yeah. dollars, right? When you're done with it, you just chuck it. And I'm telling you, you can do julienne. It has a bigger one. Or when I'm just slicing things, like if I want to slice some red onion to put on top of a tomato salad uh-huh. and I want it paper thin, you can adjust this thing down to where you slice
1: and you can see through.
2: Chris, that is so mm, fantastic. Yes. Do you know this? If you have the fancy mandolin, and they can cost up to $300. Mm-hmm.
1: The stainless steel kind. Oh,
2: yeah. yes, with the 4,000 blades and all this business. That's all well and good. The cleaning of that thing is so outrageous that it's like another
1: job. And so with this $12 it model, the it's just
2: like <laughs> <laughs> it really
3: does. Like you just really chuck fantastic. it in the dishwasher and you're done. You know,
1: done. Matt, his, Matt went to high school in the Dominican Republic and, and bought one of those because they make is it plantanitos or the the fried plantains? Oh sure, yeah, they yeah, love oh. them. You know, yeah. and it, it sounds yeah. like it's like an off-white, so yeah. <laughs> like cheap, it, flimsy thing, but it works. Yeah, he loved it. Yeah. That's like
2: the dessert potato chip, isn't it? Plantains, fried plantains. Yeah. Yeah. oh does yeah, it, totally. Does it have brown sugar? Sh- it's sugar, not, it's sort of like mm-hmm. starchy, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Love. So one of the things I love to do, and this comes from Marie Quiello, Rose Cuillo's m- late mother. She made the best lasagna I've ever had in my life. And always, mm-hmm. it really, it was an eggplant parmesan. But you would use Chris's $12 mandolin and take an eggplant and slice it paper thin. Most people slice the, the slices very... And of course... Rose's mother did it by hand with a knife and she could go chop, 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 chop chop, and do it paper thin. I can't. (laughs) So if you use this inexpensive mandolin, slice, 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 and it's paper thin, you put olive oil in the bottom of a baking dish. And then you put a layer, overlapping layer of these paper thin eggplant slices, then a little grated cheese. She would sometimes put uh, meat in her Tomato sauce, Mm, but, you know, the tomato sauce. sauce, And now another layer, but not globs as we do in the American version of mozzarella. She would do Parmigiano-Reggiano or some Mm. other cheese, just grated, layer by layer by layer by layer, and then sauce and cheese on the top, and that was it. So she would make a sauce, sometimes it was meat, sometimes not, and it was, hands down, the best eggplant lasagna i've ever had in my life or oh, any yeah. kind of lasagna it oh, was incredible oh. there was no bechamel there was no anything like that it's called
3: the ben rinner where's it from mandolin. It's,
1: it's, so it, is, it really it's japanese. is japanese yeah. how it's do you the spell ben it rinner, Chris?
3: b-e-n-r-i-n-e-r japanese mandolin and it goes i'm looking on ebay it goes anywhere from like 15 dollars to 25 dollars. Okay. and it's the best thing you'd ever buy it's very small and like i said it's dishwasher safe
2: Mm. Fantastic. It's a great little kitchen tool. And do you put the blades in the dishwasher too? Yeah, you can. We do, sure. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, of course All you can. right.
1: You know what we've been doing is taking... Um Par cooking chicken ahead of time. So we cook it your way, Chris, like low and slow Mm -hmm. forever. So we'll, like, we're starting to make like two or three dinners at a time. So we'll be cooking tonight's dinner and then we'll be par cooking chicken and then put that in Ziploc bags. And next night, you know, some barbecue sauce or something or bring it down to the boat. And, you know, once you're cooking, you get into the mood, you know, you just cook three dinners. It takes about the same amount of time. Cleanup is identical. You're I try to the teach week. that my. I'm just I, looking. Yeah, I try to
2: teach my kid that <laughs> too. Is you you cook once, are, eat wait, twice. Wait, I have to find out. Yeah, I mean, Luke, you two are looking with astonishment. Well, I, I
4: was thinking that that's almost as good as in Rachel Ray. There's a story about cooking one day for an entire month. So that that's wow. sort of like... You get the
3: freezer full and yeah. you don't have yes. to go back in the kitchen. Everything's...
4: Seriously? Micro-
1: yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: totally... Wow.
4: Unparallel. I thought yeah. that was quite the challenge.
2: I just am baffled because... You I have know. to be like I'm, part
1: squirrel. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and organized. Boy, do you have to be right I'm and plan it out. just going to bury this meatloaf oh, over here.
0: Oh, my God. I, I, I know. know. Most <laughs> people, <laughs> Yeah, most like people have a hard time
4: cooking on the weekends for the week. And here's this idea Idea of cooking, you know, Three complete with the shopping and one list night and everything.
2: After work, I'm yeah. just baffled. I'm staring at you with my jaw hanging on the floor. <laughs> it's just like, oh wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, you know what?
3: I was just thinking. You know what I've been doing is cooking in a rice cooker. Do you have a rice cooker? I used to. I the I best oatmeal. It away. I've been actually making I, I know dinner. What to do with it. I've been making dinners <laughs> in. I just you looked have? at it the other day, and I was like, you what know what? You Why couldn't you make dinner in this thing? <gasps> It goes up to a pretty high temperature if it simmers water to make rice. So just the other day, I wanted to do burritos for family meal. That's our staff meal in the restaurant. And I took a bowl. And in the bowl, I put a cup of rice, two cups of water. So there's my base. And then I went to my pantry and I grabbed a small can of black beans, drained them, threw them in there. I took a can of tomatoes and I threw them in there. It's, again, it's all in a bowl, right? And then I seasoned it with salt, pepper, cumin, chili powder, fresh cilantro and I chopped up a jalapeno and I got in there with a spoon, mixed it all up. I threw it in my rice cooker. With the uncooked everything, rice? Everything. All the water, the rice, the beans, everything. Oh, and I put chicken in it too. I chopped up some chicken breast and threw that in there too. Slapped the lid on and then hit it to cook and I walked away and then 15 minutes I came back. I took it, I popped it, took out the insert, dumped it in a bowl, fluffed it all up and then we stuffed burritos and cheese with oh. cheese and that filling and threw them in the oven. Oh! <gasps> And then we were just eating it out of the bowl with a spoon, and it was amazing. And it took fifteen,
2: 15 really, minutes, you treated it like a slow, an instant slow cooker, like an instant slow cooker, a fast but yeah, cooker. fast <laughs> cooker almost, yeah,
3: like a fast cooker, a less slow cooker. And then I started thinking about all the other one pot meals that you could chuck in there, and you could even have it in your refrigerator uncooked, and then when you came home, put that insert in there, close the lid, hit it to cook, go take your shower, come back downstairs, so, and dinner's ready. So
2: essentially, this is the. You can go to any Asian market and buy that three level steamer basket for what, $6 or something. You're essentially, you're steaming this food, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's either cooking or reheating what's already in there. Yeah. And it's amazing.
3: So I'm looking at this as a pretty cool new toy. Chris, that is so smart. And I'm going to do salmon in it. I'm going to do some more chickens in it. And I'm going to come up how with How do you a whole- know how long to cook? It shuts off. At the perfect time because it's a weight trigger. You you know how they work? So basically Mm -hmm. when you cook rice in it, when the water evaporates out, it gets lighter and it lifts up. And when that happens, it switches it to keep warm. Which is great too, because even if you're not around, it'll stay on, keep warm for hours, and that keeps it at a safe temperature. So our
1: friend wow. Joe makes his like yeah. Irish oatmeal. He swears by it. Perfect. I think he sets in the it. Rice co- yeah. in the rice cooker. I think he yeah. sets it the yeah. night before or something yeah, sure. and wakes up bright oh. yeah, and early because you can do done. that in a slow cooker. Yeah. But I see he swears by it. And a slow
2: cooker it. keeps it warm through the night. Mm-hmm. But this was not the same thing. Right? Oh, yeah, it same does. Thing.
3: It switches automatically to warm.
2: Is it cheaper than a slow cooker or? More uh, about expensive? the same. Okay. I just so. like
3: it too because if you like pressure cooking, which I love, yeah. right? That's my new thing. It has an element to that, even though the lid isn't like tight, tight, and steam does escape, it is like under a slight amount of pressure because there's a little valve that lets steam out but not 100%, right? It just goes out slowly. So yeah. it is under a light pressure
1: almost. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's pretty okay. cool. Okay, how about uh, lobster rolls? So here we are in the oh, food and We know we have Clancy Miller is going to join us in our third segment, Cooking Solo. We're going to talk about lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits too in mm. our next segment. But what about the end-of-season lobster rolls? While the season is still with us, it's still warm enough to jump in the car. Has anybody had a lobster roll they really enjoyed this summer in a particular oh. place? Oh, I made my
1: own. but well, you I made, made the too. shrimp ones were great, and that mm-hmm. shrimp yeah, those, one that recipe you gave me—they were was really good fun. Too. For me, it's uh, sitting out with my friend Bob and Alan at Johnny Ads on a picnic table and mm-hmm. an old saber. Yeah, yeah I, I like the say. one in
3: Clinton at the dock too. I mean, That's does good. it
1: get any better than that? Like a rustic picnic table outside, and got to do one, some... at least one a summer. And it's not technically over yet, is it? Really. No right, uh, even so though
3: school started and stuff, you can
1: still seafood sit gets out better. There. Seafood gets better in the colder months. I mean, right, I think true. it's sort of like this notion that seafood's only for the summer. But in Europe, and like particularly in Spain, seafood is like a Christmas thing.
2: I went to Abbott's with a oh, bunch of people. Oh, Love yeah. in the there rough, years. In knowing Connecticut. Yeah. I hadn't been there in quite a while, and we were in a crowd of people, some of whom were gluten free, and they now serve gluten free buns, and really? so. I will say, when you do a business like that, it's huge. And yeah. so I fully expected that the hot lobster roll was going to come out and it was going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, And you just say, oh, yeah. whatever. I'm in it for the butter and the lemon. It was perfectly steamed. It really was. You don't I get have to be to say. an institution
3: like that unless you it. It was right? really good. Right? That place I, oh, has oh, been really there good. forever.
1: And it's a, such a gorgeous setting. Yeah. Yeah. Rustic, but funky. And- yeah. Oh. So is anyone else crabbing? Did you guys go crabbing this summer? I d- we
2: didn't. No, I wanted to do crabs and try and make so a crab sauce. So much fun. Did, yeah, oh yeah
1: I know you did
3: it. I've seen some we, pictures
1: online. Yeah, we got pretty crab. good at it. We ended up catching, you know, so the blue crabs are around and they're coming down the river in Essex. And What did you use for bait? Well, we used bunker, so like a fish. So it's funny because the... And is people, it a trap, like a lobster no, trap? No, no, so people will use chicken or people yeah. will use hot dogs, but the bait... You know the fish place was like no, they don't eat chicken. They you know they do eat, yeah. I guess. if They you do in. eat chicken. <laughs> I they, can testify. Like, they eat fish, I think they eat anything. You know? They well, eat chicken they're, legs. They're I can scavengers. Tell you. Yeah, uh, so they eat anything. So the first night we went out with a spotlight in the dinghy with a net, and that was like proved to be pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, they scuttle the away. What's the best yeah. way to get them? Then? So you throw it's a string with a yeah. little uh, hook on it. Yeah. You put the fish or whatever yeah, hot or whatever. dog, and then you slowly bring the the uh, string in as they follow it. As, no, they hold on oh, to they it, hold they on won't let it. it go. They think you're stealing their food, <laughs> and then you scoop them down with a oh, net. And then nice. you know, we were catching yeah. two at a time, and uh, they're wonderful. I don't know if yeah. you could, uh, oh, and yeah. then, then do you you how do you cook them? How do you do that? So, we ended up buying the Zatarins, you know, stuff from the south, it's yeah, it's salt, the paprika, yeah. yeah. And then you can put them in a big pot with a beer, some apple cider did vinegar. You clean them? No, we, mm-hmm. you know, we just did it rough stuff, rough, yeah, just. <laughs> no, it was so much fun, and we did that with a couple of lobsters. Oh, yeah, some fun, fresh corn huh? and you snap in half. Yeah, I saw oof. your pictures. Oof, really, oof. really
2: great. We had them. We had them on our Facebook site. Really, really fun. There is nothing like that flavor in a red sauce. That blue crab flavor. Wow, and like an Italian sauce. Oh yeah. Oh, it is Friday, really um, just a
1: little chili pepper flake.
2: Amazing. Okay, <laughs> remember, we're going to talk about cooking solo with Clancy Miller, and also we're going to talk about lemon garlic. Shrimp and grits, and so much more. We got lots of kitchen tips for you that are gonna make you smarter in the kitchen. More mouth watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make, I really do, a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right
1: back. <laughs>
2: We have a free podcast for you. What does that mean? You know, even if you don't do this, you probably are used to hearing me say this. It's just something I feel compelled to pass along because, you know, it is great to hear the show live and in the car. And it's all fantastic that way in the house as you're doing whatever you're doing. But life is crazy. And we got a lot of things going on. And so people get the podcast so you can click on it and listen anytime you want. You don't miss a drop of pleasure that way, our tips, our recipes, all you have to do to get that free podcast is to sign up for once. There's no trick with this, like, and then we'll send you 8,000 emails.
1: (laughs) It's free. No, it's just a thing. We
2: just want you to get the show. So also, when you go to our site, you'll see we've got all these, I think, delicious, curated food, wine, and cocktail things, events. We love talking with you. So we encourage you, whether you get podcast or not, to stop by often and see us, talk with us at Food Schmooze. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, and senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also a participant on the show. And I love to say, because I hope their heads swell up to the size of Volkswagen, (laughs) that I adore these people. I absolutely, oh. it Thanks, makes babe. my thank day, you. my week, my life. It's just one of the best things in the world to do is to oh. be around these folks. Well, for us too. Oh, so. oh, thank you. So here we go. We're gonna do some kitchen tips. I love these. You know how it works with us. We cruise around online all over the place. We check out blogs. We go to all the food magazines. We watch the food shows on television. We do everything. And we start pulling tips from here and there. I have to say that so often, Often I find things in Cooks Illustrated. So here is one that I think is terrific. We're in the berry season still. People are using, gonna start using, the fall fruits to make these pies. We have Mm. the holidays coming. And when you pre bake a pie shell, they're always telling you to put, you know, foil or or something to protect the pre baked pie crust from burning when you're baking the filling. Oh. And so you're wrapping it with foil in it. Well, here's somebody writing in to say, my method is to cut out the center of a disposable aluminum foil pie plate. She cuts out the center, which leaves only that ring. Wow. And then... That's so smart. Is that yeah. the
1: smartest? Oh, that's clever. See? Because they actually Genius. sell things you can buy, but this, oh, is, sure. no, this, no, this is, is, is almost yeah, free. you have it...
2: You have it because you you got the pie shell usually left over. and you so she just cuts out that circle with a pair of scissors flips it upside down and it covers the pie shell that's already that's pre-baked and you don't want that to burn so okay we all like that how about you cocktail makers so We're- the
1: last one i heard was making um cocktails in a batch i guess they used to do this in the old days you would make instead of making a single manhattan you would actually make a batch of them and put it in a bottle and store it so i read it in and then some magazine Yeah. so say you have a group of people coming over you Make a, a pitcher of martinis or a pitcher of manhattans. <laughs> yeah, and you have it all ready enough. to go. You know the thought is you're spending time with your guests. All you have to do is get a, a glass with some ice cubes and pour it. And then it everyone's is the
3: same instead of you get wow. one that's too weak and yeah. one that's too hot. So this is like yeah,
1: mm, I like
2: that. this is like the I'm I'm just picturing <laughs> based on our first segment where Alex and Matt were making days worth of meals in one <laughs> set. Of, I'm now seeing like a week's worth of manhattans made in, in the, the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> <This is> like, <laughs>
3: no, four different cocktails in in these tall things in yeah, the fridge all lined thin. up like do you want a martini <laughs> or pretty margarita <laughs>
2: Next thing we're going to hear is there's a straw attached to the pitcher in the refrigerator. You don't have to actually move from your chair. (laughs) No, that is fabulous. I love that idea. I really do. I wonder how long it can stay in the fridge because spirits keep a long time. Bourbon, certainly. Bitters. Yeah, cherry juice. Okay. Well, here's a tip for a cocktail. This is a tip from somebody in Hawaii to Cook's Illustrated. Make a batch of cocktails this woman's often making a bash, and she uses her fat separator, you know that plastic oh. measuring cup? She uses it for mixing and serving drinks, and what the fat separator does is strain the ice out just the way a cocktail shaker does, because it has that rim... And so the liquid pours through the holes, and the rim keeps the ice from going in. And so it's an instant cocktail shaker if you don't have yeah. one. One less I thing like to buy. It. Yeah, Exactly.
3: All right, I have one. And this is a pretty cool one that I just recently discovered, and it's making pasta and a quick sauce. Now, have you ever bought mozzarella cheese and it comes in the brine or that yeah. liquid? Yeah, sure. Everyone throws that liquid away, yep. including me. So the other day, this mozzarella season with salads and stuff, I actually tasted that liquid. Have you ever tasted it? No. It's like salty, milky? Yeah, it's like milky, lightly salty, lightly salty. So I was like, you know what? Why couldn't I in a pinch? So I cooked some pasta. I drained the pasta out. And in that same pot, I threw in a little bit of that liquid into the pot. I chopped up some mozzarella and some grape tomatoes, threw back my pasta, Oh. And I was like, Oh my god, this is a great pasta. Oh my god, hmm. that's
2: a fantastic okay?
3: idea. And it works with feta cheese too. <gasps> if you like yes. if you like strong. If you so yeah. this is the mild version. And if you get your feta wow. in brine, cheese, it works
2: brine pasta. Yeah,
3: it is pretty cool stuff. I've been using fresh mozzarella probably for twenty five years. I've never tasted that liquid. I never have. Sometimes I dump it before I even get the cheese out, right? You open the container yeah. and you go boom, boom, right down the drain. So next time taste it, am. and then make a pasta out of it, it's You can do the cool. same with like is c- the caper liquid, too. Same thing. Caper liquid's a little stronger, but you could add little bits yeah. of that. So is don't salt that in it? it? It's lightly salted. If you like it on the yeah, kick. No, up No, I'm version. just
2: thinking, if somebody's got to watch out for salt, Don't. this is not a good idea. No, this right? is
3: the one to use. Don't use the feta one, because the feta one I found uh-huh. to be really salty. Really sal- <laughs> but okay. if you like that, like I So I'm I sure there's
1: nutrition yeah. in there, too. Yeah, I'm sure I some whey gets out, right? Yeah, Oh, yeah, flavor. So that's a
3: quick, I don't have sauce, I don't know what to eat, but I I have cheese. Oh, I
2: love that. <laughs> okay, here's another one. You know when you have a bone-in cut, this goes with chicken, it can go with beef, whatever it is, a little Cornish hen. Yeah. And I am hoping that my knives are sharp enough so I, like, I buy a rotisserie duck, and then I'm plunging the knife into the center, and I'm trying to cut it in half. <laughs> And I'm stabbing the backbone on the duck, you know, or the breastbone, and I'm stabbing at it, trying to get my knife to go through. I'm often not strong enough. Well, here's somebody writing in to say that if you use the mallet... You know, where you take a piece Mm -hmm. of meat and put plastic wrap on it and pound the chicken breast or the cube steak or whatever it is. If you use that rubber mallet for those food purposes, you know, you put your knife right where you want it on the say the chicken breast with the bone in, and then you whack it with the mallet. Mm -hmm. Bang, bang, bang. It goes straight through the bone, right in half, scored it right through the
1: center. Where do you get a rotisserie duck? Oh, I, I go oh to gosh. this. Yeah. It, and you no. get one too? Yeah. Oh, oh no. yeah.
3: uh, Adong in West Hartford. In the oh. Elmwood oh. Section there, yeah, a lot of places. You just hang hang it off the bone yeah. and yeah. Oh, put it yeah. a salad. A lot of Asian yeah.
2: markets have mm-hmm. that. I just, I pull the, the skin off. I pull yeah. the meat right mm-hmm. off the mm-hmm. thing. I chop it up and I make a salad. Yeah. And I do a kind of Asian dressing where I'll put sesame oil and soy and lime juice and chopped up mint and rice wine vinegar and sometimes a little pinch of sugar. And I mix it all up. Yeah. And then I put the shredded duck meat on Oof. the salad with chopped scallions, bang. In where it. have I been? The dressing. Oh, oh it's and the best. And you can't
3: miss it. The second you walk through the door, the door opens and you look to the left and they're hanging right there. Oh, they always yeah. have like three or four. Oh my God, they're so good.
2: Often, some places, if, when they can get away with it, they'll charge you know, $18 for a duck. But in many other places, it's, markets, it's $9, $10. Mm-hmm. They're just fantastic. A lot of the Asian markets bring them in from New York because that's mm-hmm. where they're doing them by the hundreds.
3: Yeah, and I think A-Dunk too. I don't think they do their own. I yeah, they bring okay. Them they just reheat them, but boy, are they good.
2: Oh, I know. Mm.
3: All right, I've got another one. All okay, ready? Go, And this go. one i said yeah, before, I and I'm going to say this one again. And this one I can say hands down, and I know people aren't going to like me for it, but I'm going to say it again, jarred garlic. Use really? jarred garlic. That's I am my response, never, really. I am <laughs> never getting garlic under I, my fingernails again. Wait a
2: minute. I well, tested. It doesn't taste I a chemically.
3: I, it I, does, I. You know what? Go ahead because do you get we the did. Minced? We did. No, the no, 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 whole the cloves. The whole whole cloves. We Where? did at the this. supermarket. At the supermarket, little. I don't know. It's a little yeah. jar looking yeah. thing. I bought a jar, and one of my chefs said the same thing to me. You hey, gotta use fresh. Gotta use fresh. I'm like, let's do it. Taste easy. It's easy to do let's just make a quick pasta with garlic. We'll make one in one pan, one in the other pan, and then we'll taste it. And you tell me which one has the fresh garlic and which one has the canned garlic.
2: Okay, but you're shut, though. Happened? Your hands
1: are so fast. It I gets want,
2: under your fingernails. I want to hear, no one hear what is in that stuff. The, uh, what, what's in the jar of the garlic? fresh garlic?
1: To keep it from turning brown.
2: I, I don't believe you.
1: It's just garlic. <laughs> it's just garlic. <laughs> to, it's no, got to have seriously. an antioxidant. There, have, no, there, there must growlick. be
2: some kind of no. sodium. No, sometimes there's a. No, no, no. Sometimes there's a with a lot of things. They so. do not
3: eat. Package. Yeah, <laughs> the new, Yeah, they do not eat packet Sometimes you'll <laughs> in find the silicone. that in the, the silicone, not to be consumed by human beings. But I'm telling. Listen. If you're like me, and maybe <laughs> I'm made the only one. <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, but when I peel garlic, it always oh, gets under yeah. my fingernails. Yeah. That's why we have stainless and steel. that is torture to me for but, some reason. But oh, I grew up okay. with a
1: Spanish mom who, for breakfast, takes beautiful toast and rubs a clove yes, of garlic your mother. onto the toast with... So garlic. So try it with garlic. the jar of
3: garlic and tell me if it works. Okay. I'm just saying, you know what? They're for more expensive, everyone, maybe. For anyone Did you who tells look me at what's no, on the label, just as garlic.
2: Did you yes. look Garlic. It, Do says I have to gar- this? it says ingredients. Garlic. garlic? Garlic. What's the liquid? There's no liquid. No, no, I'm not
3: saying that. These are peeled cloves of garlic. In the supermarket. In the supermarket, in a jar, in a plastic jar. It has nothing in it except peeled uh, there's cloves. There's no liquid. There's no liquid. Oh, it's okay. Just I'm
2: just saying the liquid. Yeah, ones. no,
3: no. I'm not saying by that. I'm not saying the chopped ones are the ones in liquid. No, no, no. no none, none of that. I'm just saying these are peeled cloves Where of garlic. Where are you finding
2: that?
1: In, in the, the, the
2: refrigerator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you'll see him. And it says it's, you're swearing? It's just garlic.
1: You're swearing? 100%. Because even a little formaldehyde.
3: No, there's and Alex, uh, <laughs> once I found a little one of those little packages what are those things that, to get the moisture out? These are wow, just peeled okay. garlic cloves. It's I'm telling you. Okay. Never peel garlic again.
2: So... <laughs> Like we we learned <laughs> on a our, our recent show that the sell-by dates and the use-by dates for a lot of things are pretty crazy. And in for whatever reason, you can blow past a lot of them unless there is mold in your food and then out it goes. Mm. Cheese, of course, is okay because cheese is mold. And if there's mold on it, you just want to cut <laughs> it off because that means it's better. Okay, But everything else, if it has mold, throw okay. it out. But the sell-by dates, the use-by dates are pretty crazy. New York Times story is what we're quoting. Okay, so when baking soda expires, here's a tip from Cook's Illustrated. A lot of people throw it out. I don't know if this applies to baking soda, whether you can blow past the date or not. So I'm not even going to get into that. But here's a woman writing in to say that she keeps that in a jar under her sink for every kind of cleaning task that she can come up with. Uh, That might be a spill in the oven, you know, when something bubbles Mm -hmm. over and you've got that crusty, you know, creepy thing down there. She just dumps on that baking soda yeah. to get rid of it if she wants to get stains out of glassware she uses that because it's excellent for that if you take your glasses out of the dishwasher and they're marked with all those spots so just to is rinse basically with baking the box
3: so. you put in your fridge after it's done don't throw it away yeah, it's just been in there put, for four yeah, years which mine has <laughs> yep. just use it for cleaning I've seen on websites where they give you tips for cleaning with baking soda
4: I use it to clean my microwave see yeah oh put, what do you do yeah. I put some baking soda in a glass bowl mm-hmm. and I put an inch of water in there enough to cover the baking soda yeah. you know it's not a ton like a paste. yeah and i put the bowl in the microwave and then i put the microwave on for like two minutes three minutes I don't like the idea of using a cleaning product on the inside of my microwave. That's yeah.
2: great. I like that. Yeah.
4: So the baking soda, it cooks for a couple minutes in this water solution and then I take a paper towel and run it on the inside of my microwave and it gets off it's all, all the Yeah, it gets yeah. off all the pasta like sauce that my kids cleaner. have stuck to it and everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. Great it idea. Works wonderfully. Yeah. Okay. So and, don't throw uh, away your baking
3: soda. Okay. Yeah. Now, d-
2: now, here's everybody. <laughs> I hate it when I have certain, you know, sh- running shoes and sneakers that are very important to me. <laughs> I like them either for fit or design like the Italian ones right? <laughs> it's like my ones from Italy so if the white part of the sole gets you know any dirt on it I'm okay. just really upset so I have a, a cleaning toothbrush under the sink I take the baking soda and put a little water in a bowl and I make a paste and I get my, my cleaning toothbrush and I brush the white soles on sneakers to make them look new again, and, and that they works. do. And then I just rinse the sole part, and it works. So if over- you have design sneakers, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah, and it gets a little <laughs> scuff
4: mark on and them or gets, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm envisioning
1: I, yes. overnight guests are like, oh, don't worry, I found a toothbrush.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I found, I found it in the kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Never well, use bake, a look, toothbrush bake, that you find yeah. under the sink. No, don't, they make, don't they
3: make toothpaste out of baking soda? <laughs> oh, it tastes Yes, they do. They <laughs> uh, do. Don't they it's make a
2: toothpaste a really oh, the out
3: of yeah, baking, baking soda? It's really the abrasion. Oh, used to brush your teeth as
1: kids with baking soda. So maybe it works. Uh, it's okay. Have no enamel left, but... <laughs>
2: I know. All right. Um, So, anyway, I'm trying to get you to make lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits, uh, where you do instant grits and you grate in some Parmesan cheese, a little bit of butter. You've got the shrimp, a little bit of cayenne, and some lemon juice, and you kind of mix it all together, and it is absolutely so delicious Ooh. so you've got a cheesy lemony grit with shrimp in there you toss it you, you can just rest the shrimp on top if you want it's just simple you can kind of do it by instinct you just make those instant grits you can do this in a night that's inspired by food network magazine i love grits Our i love cup. shrimp how
1: are they different than polenta so chris it's the cut. It's the, the cut, same it, coarser? It is
3: this, yeah, It's a coarser So basically when the mills are sized yep. They do grits is the largest Then cornmeal is next and then the finest Is corn flour so those are the three
2: And it's adjusted on the wheel It's or adjusted on the wheel as the, huh. they crack ah, it yeah. Okay what do we got we've got Cooking solo and wow Is this woman something Clancy Miller Coming your way we love the local Please support your local food growers And food makers and for on demand Podcast delivery of this show, show every week and to find our curated food wine and cocktail recommendations our streaming videos we're always online at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back I don't know
4: what you've been
2: This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and that, of course, means the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin doyon Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you can talk with us on Facebook. Search Faith Middleton Foodschmooze. I am so excited about this guest. I am Mm. so excited this woman blows me away. And let me tell you why. Because this is Clancy Miller. She is a writer, she is a pastry chef, loves all things French. Listen to her background. She graduates from Columbia University, works in international development in French Polynesia, then earns a patisserie diploma at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris, then stays in Paris, she's no fool, to apprentice in the pastry kitchen at one of the greatest restaurants ever in Paris, which is Talavant. She's then hired later by Le Cordon Bleu Paris to join the recipe development team there. She's been featured on the Food Network and on and on she goes and has done something with this book. It's on our website with three of her recipes from the book that we especially like. This is called Cooking Solo, about the joy of cooking for yourself. Can you blow these up to include other people? Of course you can. But for many reasons, we're solo, right? Either you are not in a relationship with someone or your family is so busy that you end up sitting there cooking just for yourself. So Clancy recognizing that said, let's do something with that idea. And I just think it is absolutely terrific. Clancy Miller, welcome to the Food Schmooze.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: We're going to jump right in for this. The second day salmon with linguine is a great idea. Because, you know, you don't eat all the salmon all the time and you think, what am I going to do with it? Put some mayonnaise in there. But no, this is a better idea. So what are you thinking with this?
0: I had a, a good friend of mine visiting from Paris. She was so kind. She wanted to be a good guest and would whip up a meal every now and again. And I happened to have made salmon the night before, and I had some creme fraiche. And she just went out and bought dill and whipped something up out of it. And I loved it. I happened to love capers. So Mm -hmm. when I was making it for myself, I added capers and dill. And the great thing about the creme fraiche is it's like an automatic cream sauce. It liquefies pretty easily, and it's just a great way to use your leftovers and have a really lovely meal.
2: Chris, how do we describe what creme fraiche is? People are always baffled by this. It's like a cross between cream cheese. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry, sour- it's like a cross between sour cream yeah. and what whipped cream, right? Would you yeah, say? I, I always say it, it's interchangeable
3: with sour cream. It has a slightly yeah. different taste and texture profile, but it's yeah. pretty close. You
2: can so if you don't have it, I'll say Clancy what the ingredients are, and then you. Just tell us how easily this comes together with water and salt and linguine and cooked flaked salmon, fresh squeezed lemon juice, chopped fresh dill, creme fraiche or sour cream, extra virgin olive oil, capers that you definitely want to rinse, and some fresh ground black pepper. So, after cooking linguine, how are you making the sauce?
0: It's pretty simple. You're going to drain the pasta and then add the salmon, the dill that you've already chopped, the creme fraiche and the olive oil, and just a tiny bit of salt, just a grind of the fresh black pepper, and you toss it. I always like to taste it before I sit down to eat to Mm -hmm. see if I need to add any more salt or pepper. And that's it.
2: Wonderful. And, of course, if you're gluten-free, there are a million gluten-free pastas. We especially love the Jovial brand. And we don't say that because we're commercial. We say it because our job is to curate for you. And when we find something really terrific, we like to tell you about it. So that's on our website, foodschmooze.org. So when you're at the market and you're getting some salmon, get a little bit
0: extra. Exactly. You'll thank yourself the next day.
2: Yeah, okay. Now, we just made this. When I say we, that means Chris. (laughs) Chris made your recipe, and I was knocked out by this. This also is at foodschmooze.org. Please, please, please make this. This is so good. Polenta with shiitake mushrooms. That sounds so simple. It sounds so almost uninteresting. It is so, her polenta is so delicious. Tell us how you do your polenta.
0: Well, I would call it my secret ingredient here would be a tiny bit of truffle oil, mm. you have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms, which I'm not a vegetarian but I try to occasionally reduce my meat intake, and I just think mushrooms are a wonderful way to substitute meat, and yeah. they're very fast to cook. What's great about this is that you have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms, and I add just a hint of vinegar to a little yeah. bit of the polenta. There's also the poached egg on top, which adds <laughs> kind of like Yum. a protein. Oh, yeah. Um little bit of protein and because it's poached it's got this silky thing going so what I like Mm. about this dish is that you've got several textures you've got the graininess, a little bit of the polenta, which is also creamy, and then you've got the meatiness of the shiitake mushrooms, and then the velvety, silky poached egg on top.
2: Right, and if you don't want to do a poached egg and you want to do something else for protein, you can do that too. Uh, It's just a wonderful polenta, and anybody, if you're scared of making polenta, can we just tell you... Clancy, say how, e- Chris, how easy
0: this Boil is to water. Make. Boil exactly. water. <laughs> Boil water, add polenta. Yeah, yeah you just stir. <laughs> Season.
2: And that's it. It's thick, and it starts to pull away from the sides of the pan. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a little meditative. It's kind of lovely, and you're mm-hmm. going to whisk in a little of that truffle oil, and, and you're going to whisk in Parmigiano-Reggiano, and oh. that's what makes it so <laughs> good. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's rich without being something that'll make you feel guilty.
2: Yes, that's (laughs) how we like to think here too. Okay, so this is Clancy Miller, who has been schooled beyond belief in the best places and has done this book, a book I respect so much, Cooking Solo. It's in paperback and it's about the joy of cooking for yourself, whether you're in of family and are left to your own devices on busy weeknights like me <laughs> <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> <laughs> just like our robin and me
1: where'd everybody um, go
2: and, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> hello and chris hello. at home believe it yes. or not that's at our website foodschmooze.org Let's turn to another one, because I also want to know from you, Clancy, what it was like to work at Televant in Paris. This is an orange blossom almond cake. Who, as a single person, thinks, I'm going to make a cake for myself? I love that you did this.
0: I love cakes probably more than anything else. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I studied pastry. I have a definite sweet tooth. Uh. So I was... Excited about every recipe in this cookbook, but probably doubly so about every dessert.
2: Wow. So orange blossom almond cake. I'm not a baker. I freely admit that, and I'm scared to death of baking. But when I was looking at your recipe, I thought, oh, I can do this. And i love that it had almond flour in it, and in addition, a gluten-free flour for people who are gluten-free.
0: Exactly. I think almond flour is an ideal flour to use if you are either getting rid of gluten entirely from your diet, or in this case, I mix it. It's kind of half almond flour, half, Mm. if you'd like gluten-free flour. And it just adds a great texture. I was going to say, it's like a body. Absolutely.
2: It's like cornbread kind of texture, a little heavy on, toward the heaviness?
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love so you that. Get the heaviness. It feels substantial in a really good way.
2: Let me just run through the ingredients so you can get a feel for this as you listen. We know you haven't seen this recipe yet, most of you. So butter and sugar and eggs, whole milk, orange blossom water. Where do we get that? At the health food store, I know for sure.
0: Health food stores, I've been able to find it at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it at gourmet stores, yeah. any place that has Middle Eastern products.
2: Yeah, and it does make a it. difference. Uh, vanilla extract, the almond flour, which you can now get everywhere, gluten-free flour, and baking powder, salt, creme fraiche or sour cream, fresh raspberries, two oranges cut into rounds, and a little confectioner sugar for dusting. And you get this heavy body, beautiful orange blossom almond cake. And it is gluten free. And I just think that's terrific. And we have that at our website, foodshmooz.org. By the way, with the holidays, you know, not so far away, it turns out. If you're looking for something that pleases everybody, and is not bang you over the head heavy because you've just been through a really big meal at the holidays and it has a kind of light and fresh feeling to it this will be we are going to put this as part of our thanksgiving christmas hanukkah new year's kid (laughs) orange blossom almond cake and we'll tell you about the book there too cooking solo with clancy miller Great job, Clancy. Thank you. All right. So for people who don't know, Talavant is one of the oldest and most revered restaurants in all of Paris. Mm -hmm. It has a... Stunning wine list. Every dish that comes out of the kitchen is just bring you to your knees. I mean, it is as close to perfection in classic French as you can get. So what was that like? Were you in on the, you know, peel 100,000 pounds of potatoes and don't say a word about it? Was that your where you walked in?
0: I was actually in the pastry kitchen there, so I didn't have to deal with potatoes. I dealt with a lot of chocolate. I used to have to dice the fruit. At the time, we used to serve a fruit minestrone, so it had kiwi and strawberry, almost any kind of fruit you can imagine, cut into the most minuscule dice, just a step up from being minced. So that was my first task of the day, to prepare that for the lunch menu. But it was magnificent. It's a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Oh, and it, it is. it kind of made me stand tall every time I would walk through those doors. Oh. And I could not have asked for a more magical experience and a better follow-up to what I learned at Le Cordon Bleu. The pastry chef was really, he was actually really kind and funny, but just superb at mm. creating beautiful, beautiful oh. desserts and beautiful mignardives, little... It-
1: is it possible to get a reservation?
0: Oh yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's the kind of place you—it's best to call in advance. You know, maybe two to three weeks. <laughs> two to three years, years. <laughs> or yeah, exactly, or maybe two to three months. Um, but it, here's a tip: lunch is always easier oh, good. to get into. Oh.
2: And, and are the main chefs working at lunch? Well, this this place yeah. cannot fail. They cannot just put on some second string and say, "Oh, you know, it's really dinner." They just can't get away with that at Talamont. So, was the kitchen? quiet? Or was there a lot of running around and, you know, yelling at people? And what was that like?
0: It was mostly quiet. I think the thing that struck me first is that, you know, I had had a little bit of restaurant experience in the States, and there would at least be radios playing or something. Mm-hmm. That was not the case at Taiwan. There was no radio, you weren't expected to talk a lot, everybody just kind of had to keep their heads down and do their work. But, you know, as the day went on, there would be conversations, but never anything too boisterous. The yelling would happen during service if somebody messed up. Mm. And that did happen. I mean, messing up, not in some gigantic way, but just you have to keep up a level of perfection. And if you diverge from that a little bit, you will be yelled at. I think everybody probably got yelled at at least once. I I probably got yelled at once or twice. But the chef was really nice, actually. He just wanted you to get it right.
2: So restaurant staff often get fed food that is different from the main menu, though some restaurants will say, we want you to taste the main menu so that when it's being explained, this is for the wait staff, you know exactly what this is like. What did you have? Did you have staff meal?
0: We did have staff staff meals it was definitely different from the menu um it was pretty good it wasn't outstanding it did not approach anything that people would eat in the restaurant as right what was it like pasta or a lot of pasta occasionally pasta and maybe some kind of meat there would be cheese there were baguettes always we also had wine sometimes it was very simple Nothing, frankly, to write home about. It was the quick and easy food because it's not like we were given a large amount of time to kind of have a leisurely (laughs) meal.
2: Yeah. So what are you doing now in your life that is the most enjoyable thing of all the things you do?
0: Well, it's been incredibly enjoyable just seeing this cookbook come to fruition. So I'm working on ideas for my next cookbook, which will probably be more dessert-related. So promoting this cookbook has been incredibly fun, and I wear another hat as a writer in fundraising. But I have to say I really love coming up with recipes. It's always fun for me to develop the next bunch of recipes.
2: The book is called Cooking Solo. What a fabulous idea that you have in this book cornbread waffles with jalapenos and sun-dried tomatoes whoa 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 that is so so good i'm so glad you like it great to talk to you i hope you'll be a guest on the show again
0: Thank you so much. Great talking
2: to you. Yeah, you're, you're great. Thank <laughs> you very much.
0: Thank you. All right,
2: bye-bye. Uh, recipes again, foodschmooze.org. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes in New Haven. I'm Faith Middleton.
4: Eats when they come to mind.
2: Hey, don't want the party to end. Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.